0: If you're listening with us right now, you're our kind of people and you should come over and hang with us while we record this shit because (laughs) it's a damn fine time.
1: It really is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Forgive our sound quality, we still have a bit of audio pixelation on this one, as well as a lot of thumping wine glasses. In Xanadu, in Kumbhla Khan, the Pleasure Dome decree, and in our podcast Pleasure Dome, we'll talk about some movies. This week, Melissa and I get eclectically biographical in an episode we're calling Wait, what was the point? It's cinema pleasure. Did we, we talk hackers. about why we love movies? I don't think we actually did discuss why we love movies. Well, it's why, why do you love movies, Melissa? Start. Okay. That's
1: what the edit do, button do, is for. Do, do we want to do this right now or do we want to save it for later? Do we want no, to do like a subject or do, like two personal ones in the world? Let's row? talk
0: about why we love movies. Why we love movies. I had a mom. Now, granted, she hated that I read in the living room and that pissed her off. But I had a mom who was a huge movie fan. Mm-hmm. And she raised me in that culture to the extent that like I remember when I was like nine, ten. No, I think I was Twelve that she looked up, she was looking through the TV guide that we'd gotten for the week and she's like, oh, kids, Arsenic and Old Lace is on tonight mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock. And we looked at her and went, what's that? And she was like, you are staying up late on a school night because you need to watch Arsenic and Old Lace and that's the end of that story right now. <laughs> and we, we stayed up late and we watched Arsenic and Old Lace and my my twin brother and I were like, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> yes. And we quoted it for like a month because, mm-hmm. by the way, if you've never seen Arsenic and Old Lace with Cary Grant, you are cheating yourself of one of the best oh, it, movie experiences of your life. It's wonderful. If you only know Cary Grant as handsome, you do not understand that he was also brilliantly funny.
1: He And, and Arsenic and Old Lace is some of his best comedic work.
0: When I was a seventh grade middle school english teacher i would show arsenic and old lace to my theater classes to get them to understand that black and white movies were not Mm -hmm. all bad and they should not discount black and white movies and i would start it and these inner city you know african-american disadvantaged kids would be all like oh god miss Bowlesby, why are you showing us this black and white shit oh my god And then by halfway through, they're like, oh my God, what the hell? Miss Bowlesby, are we watching more of that today? And by the end, they were in love with me Mm -hmm. because arsenic and old lace. So I had a mom who showed me arsenic and old lace. I had a mom who showed me The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn Mm -hmm. before I ever saw Star Wars, which is one of my touchstones for my husband. He's all like, let's show Teddy Star Wars. And I'm like, "Mm, until Teddy can watch. The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn, Mm -hmm. and love it, she's not ready for Star Wars. Because I do not want my daughter to watch Star Wars until she can love it. I don't want her to watch it and not remember the first time she watched it the way I can. Because it was amazing. (laughs) It was mind-blowing. I just need to remember that somebody's listening.
1: (laughs) Eventually. Eventually. Sort of listening well, I, think, I, I think I come with an automatic audience of about five listeners. So we've got that.
0: Oh, yay, five. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> Hello, everybody named Brian. <laughs> and perhaps Steve. Hello. Brian and Steve. I want to see a Venn
0: diagram on that.
1: <laughs> there are several Brians and one Steve that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all.
0: Mm. I know two Bryans and at least three Steves. Oh, we can add to our Brian and
1: Steve catalog. <laughs> I don't know if this is a watershed moment but it's funny. So <laughs> prior to my years attending to attending Buttonathon and, and Comic-Con and things like that, uh, for many years I used to manage a fish store. A fish
0: I want a to be a fish clear. store.
1: She said fish not fist. Fish. Fish, like things that swim in the water. We sold fish. I'm just going to say that fish implies fist a, com- store. And I, a completely different fandom. I do not work at Smitten Kitten. Nor have I ever in the past. No, I worked at a fish store. And other management at the fish store were Star Trek fans. And we used to, <laughs> whenever one of the Star Trek movies came out, we would rent a theater at midnight. And we we would invite 150 of our closest friends and we'd populate the entire theater and watch the premiere of this Star Trek movie Because you're a
0: great big nerd
1: Because we're a big, great big nerd and It wasn't a big Star Trek movie but they were big releases that we could get a lot of people on board for and it was a lot of fun So like Midnight, midnight movies are fun. Midnight words. It, this was back in the 90s when Midnight movies were not a Thing at the moment so we and so would, they were super fun they were super duper fun so you know when the star trek movies started to suck that's when the lord of the rings movies came in thank god so for fellowship of the ring we rented out a theater which one and, um we were uh, always in contact with the man theater so it was usually plymouth man theater or one of the, the like the Maple Grove one, or it was usually at the Plymouth Man Theater. And there's no judging. Yeah, we would. It, it's who we knew, and who would rent us the theater for cheap, and then we'd invite our fan our friends, and they would actually have the concession stand open beyond their normal hours for us, and things like that. It was awesome. Awesome. So Fellowship of the Ring. We had this wonderful thing with all of our friends and it wound up rather than being midnight movie because it was so long, we wound up having it at eight in the morning on the premiere weekend. And it was still great. (laughs) Because yay. Because yay. So anyway, fast forward (laughs) to the following year when we do the two towers as a premiere showing. Uh At eight in the morning on a weekend. So I've already seen the movie at Butnumathon at this point. <laughs> and so I, I'm arranging this showing in Minnesota. And the night before, I, I realize my mother's coming to the movie. Like, and along with 150 of my closest friends. And I go to bed. And I have this dream I have this nightmare that my mother had not actually seen Fellowship of the Ring. So we... So I had this dream that she had not seen Fellowship of the Ring and that we have to explain Fellowship of the Ring before she sees Two Towers the next day. Right before the movie. That is the sound of winding (laughs) port. And this dream involves myself chris jones dc comics artist christopher jones and our friend the improv comedian kelvin hatley (laughs) with finger puppets reenacting fellowship of the ring for my mother your brain weirds me i know and so i'm now podcast listeners imagine this i'm holding up nine fingers (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going da 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 da, moving the nine fingers along, and then, photo of the nine fingers <laughs> da, da, da 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 and nine the fingers walking of through,
0: doom.
1: and then and then you shall not pass, and then one of the fingers gets. Down dun, dun, da, da, da. <laughs> She really is holding up that many fingers. <laughs> and, nine, and down to eight. And <laughs> and, then, and then and then we've got the another finger goes down da Wait a minute.
0: Not that many people in the fellowship die.
1: Boromir dies with three arrows.
0: He does, but he's the only one who dies.
1: Yeah, but 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 Gandalf disappears, so you shall not pass and then
0: Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, Gandalf yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. disappears and then you've got Boring yeah, me yeah, with yeah, Three yeah, yeah. okay, This is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God.
0: laughs> Simultaneous snorts. <laughs> oh, hello, everybody. We love you. I want to make it clear my husband's gone to bed. <laughs> I also saw Predator at the drive in.
1: (laughs) That was the shit, man. Jurassic Park at the drive in was a lot of fun. Life Force at the drive in. Wow, that's
0: a thing. I know. That was back when they showed porn as like the fourth movie.
1: Well, that's an appropriate pairing with Life Force. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Because yeah, the tits. There there are a lot of tits in Life Force. And a lot
0: of kind of sexual overtones with the space vampires thing.
1: And and a lot in men kissing. Yes. It was a little bit of everything. A little bit of something for everything in Life Force.
0: I really like Life Force. Yeah, it's... Uh, speaking of porn. It's... We may not have it, been
1: speaking it, of porn it's, yet. It's... it's <laughs> Odd, we're going straight back to that well. That—that's Life Force is one of those movies I want to foist upon people when they come over.
0: IMDb, my app is loading. Be yeah, patient. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it was after Spider Man.
0: Ooh, not Seaman. <laughs> Seaman.
1: That's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Wendy, in her impassioned. Hand talking stance uh, has done violence upon the carpet of this room. <laughs> <laughs> and I am cleaning the carpet. That's not a euphemism. So, what was it? I was talking about top loading VCRs. Top loading VCRs. A chunk. Team. Yeah, so the giant tape goes into the thing Where in
0: back in the day You would rent the VCR and the video Oh yes. From the yes. store
1: we, we weren't quite mm. that lush at that point But oh, we, we, we had our own And then That know, is how I
0: first was exposed to Videodrome Because there was a limited oh. selection Of Betamax movies And one of them was Videodrome And we watched it like twice a month For six months
1: Videodrome is a an amazing thing It doesn't make sense when you're 15 I bet it doesn't. No, not at all. Oh, Cronenberg, I love you. Anyway, so we I, I remember going to the video store and selecting movies, and we'd always wind up with sci fi movies. So I got to watch Black Hole oh, on yeah. um, VHS and all this stuff. I remember seeing Extro, and we never got to rent Extro. I still have this great curiosity about Extro. I'm sure it's terrible. Did you ever watch The Company of Wolves? I don't i think i came into that one about like 10 years old but i'm getting to that point in my okay, life okay 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 i need to watch it again because i don't think i remember you're on a narrative role. i am i am i am <laughs> <laughs> as halting as it is sip 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 so vhs six or seven years old we had our vhs machines coming into our lives and that was very formative for me Mm -hmm. um yes since i was in this weird family where you know i had my my dad was off you know there, there was divorce and my dad was off in his own house and my mom was off in her own house at a very early age i don't actually remember them being together it's as it should be they shouldn't have been together Wonderful people. Shouldn't have been together. Mom remarried, and then my grandmother lived nearby, so I had a bedroom at grandma's place, and I'd go over to her place and stay, and I had a bedroom at mom's place, I had a bedroom at dad's place, I just kind of got handed around. At, at, At some point, I wound up with a VCR of my own at grandma's place in my bedroom with a tv of my own oh my god i know <laughs> oh and, my god this is and, and, not a and good like idea. at every every chance that my family would give me gifts would give me blank videotapes so i'd go onto hbo and showtime and i would tape movies like a motherfucker
0: well yeah well yeah i would i would back when back in the day when they would show star wars on broadcast yeah. television with commercials and you'd be like <gasps> And mm-hmm. then you would be
1: like, "How can I tape it? Tape it without the without the commercials? Without the commercials? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was when I was growing up, the one of the local channels, Channel Nine, which was unaffiliated with a major network, they were just a local channel, um, would run for week long segments. They'd have a theme for the entire week, so they'd run all the Planet of the Ape movies, or they'd run." Five Hitchcock movies, one each night, or, oh, you know, Serial Killers Night, and, you know, five serial killers This was in back a row. in the day. It was great stuff. Back in the day, we don't I get that anymore. No! Know. I know, right? Well, because turn Classic Movies knows us.
0: But, uh, other than I just that, feel like these kids today are missing that Saturday afternoon matinee of just, what the fuck's on? You're stuck yeah. with it no matter what, so I guess I'm going to watch... Fucking
1: Hitchcock, y'all. Yeah, I, that's how I got introduced to a lot of this stuff. I mean, the, Mom had a, a certain amount of knowledge, but I got the sense that she kind of came on it on her own. She Nobody mentored her into moviedom. Whereas I'm sitting here with Channel 9 and HBO and Cinemax and the VCR and a video store down the street who would rent me anything they were like, You wanna watch Blade Runner? Okay. Here you go. I we're gonna be sober and editing this and going, Oh my god, what do we
0: do? We were so drunk. Why were we so drunk? What made us think that was a good idea? By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a shout out for Video Universe and Robin's Yes. Both, both Melissa and I happened at this point in time to live in Robbinsdale. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's a lot of things to like about Robbinsdale. but the best thing to like about Robbinsdale is that they have managed to secure and hold on to a local video store that is populated and staffed by film
1: lovers. Yes. This is a video store that if you go in and you say, I want to watch every single episode of Dark Shadows, they have it.
0: Or in the case of my husband and I, where we wander in one Friday night after stopping to pick up some takeout tie, mm-hmm. no longer there, sadly, thanks to Tie Hat. Although now, have you noticed that the Mai Thai down the road is open? Mm-hmm. Yay!
1: I haven't tried that place out yet.
0: We give it a thumbs up. Ooh, anyway. Good. So we stop in one night after picking up some um, tie to go and we're poking around the sort of new releases and sort of the old releases. And we're like, oh, we kind of are in the mood. We're in the mood for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, we're not finding anything. So we wander up to the front and we're like, hey, guy who's 15 years younger than us, we want a horror movie, but we've kind of seen it all. What can you recommend? And he's like oh you've seen it all huh yeah and he's like okay so I'm assuming you've seen Alien the original 1970s oh yeah 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 and he's like huh okay what about and then he I forget he lists something else that we're like yeah 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 seriously dude you gotta up your game and he's like have you seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre hmm no we haven't he's like oh "Oh, you need to watch that and we rented it, we took it home, and we were like, this fucked my shit up. Isn't it great? It's fantastic. Yes. And that is why I will always and forever love Video Universe because the people there, when you start talking movies, they know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they are they are my kind of geek in that they're not going to be all dissy about what the critics say. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like i loved that movie
1: i don't care what the critics say they have an entire section in their store called weird yes (laughs) it's you know drama comedy action sci-fi weird Weird.
0: an entire case an entire case of just we don't know what the fuck it is we just know we like
1: it yeah it's weird weird i think i might be a little drunk I think you are a little drunk. But
0: keep going. I'm, you're you're doing well. You're doing well. Go. I'm pretty sure that it's going to be obvious in the playback that I'm a little drunk in terms <laughs> of my enunciation.
1: Just just so everybody knows this is going to be the norm, it, that we're <laughs> going to be a little drunk at all times. At least. Okay.
0: Anyway, but the point, what was the point? When I, right after the divorce, I'm a child of divorce people. Oh my God, that must explain it. So am I.
1: Um, <laughs> are we are we happy about this divorce? I am. Oh yes, yes.
0: Clink. I All would right. not be the person I am today if my father had stuck around. People, he would have
1: fucked me up good. See, I love my father, but he and my mother should never have been together. Mm, mm.
0: My dad, not so much.
1: M- Mom's my- great. Dad's great. <laughs> not together. So <laughs> there's a little personal insight. See, my first ha- my first stepfather, who I hate as with the the hatred of a thousand sons and. Blazing hatred Um, Flames on the side Flames on the side of my face Um, He would tape over my Monty Python episodes With hockey games Because he was an asshole So literally
0: (laughs) Anyway At the end of this I'm going to show Melissa The YouTube Video of Horrible histories Literally you need to look it up (laughs) It is from the, the Horrible <laughs> Histories BBC show, and I'm going to show it to her, and it is a Vikings musical number titled Literally, and if that doesn't wet your appetite, I don't know what the fuck will. Just like on Casey Kasem's Top 40, mm-hmm. and you would want that one song that you loved, trying to get it, but then those motherfuckers would talk over the entire intro, oh, right up until no. the point where they mm. started singing. It pissed me
1: off. Pissed me off. Or, or goddamn, living in minnesota in the summertime if you're taping something in the summertime then you get the tornado warnings coming up Ah. oh goddamn
0: we taped all of the max headroom on beta and then (laughs) i am not i am not lying (laughs) i am not lying some motherfucker broke into our house (gasps) my freshman year in college stole our Betamax and all our max headroom tapes oh asshole wherever you are i spit a thousand curses at you
1: what what's your password (laughs)
0: 651. Don't listen. Don't listen. Okay, why do I love movies? Why do you
1: love movies, Wendy?
0: Okay, you have to understand that I am a reader, first and foremost. Mm. Okay, to the extent that, like, when I was growing up, And I would be reading a book. I wanted to read in the living room because it got a little claustrophobic reading in my room by myself. So I Mm -hmm. wanted to read with other people around so I didn't feel quite so socially inept. Mm -hmm. right? So I would be reading in the living room. But I would get so focused on my reading and so into it that my mother would have to call my name three times before I would answer her. Which drove her a little bit batshit crazy, let's be honest. (laughs) And then eventually I grew up to be actually an English teacher in middle school teaching the forms of story but i believe also as a theater teacher that our first function as human beings is to tell stories Mm -hmm. and one of the best ways we've discovered to do that is movies people yo well yeah speaking of so sitting three feet to my left as we record this is my movie pile cabinet well
1: right. there's a cabinet and a pile.
0: A cabinet and a pile because I have a whole li- a whole slew of movies I mm-hmm. haven't cataloged since Christmas. But I did buy uh, an iPod an iPhone app mm-hmm. to catalog my movies. Oh and nice I'm totally in love with it I gotta <laughs> tell you. I'll put it on the website. Anyway, but over here is my cabinet of unfolding tardisness of movies.
1: It's impressive. It really is. I am an eyewitness. it is impressive. Why did I bring it up though? I have no idea. I don't know where you were going. Shit. There's a pile. There's a pile of things you got since Christmas.
0: Because I have a theory that sci-fi is not a genre. It is a modifier. I would agree with that. It is a setting, not a genre in and of itself. You can have drama, comedy, action. Yeah. And you can put it in a sci-fi setting, but the genres remain true. I would agree with that. Thank you. Because Eric Knight, who runs Cinema Rex, is a, a pedantic asshole who doesn't agree
1: with me. Can we, can we just drink every time we call somebody pedantic? All right. I would agree with that. Sci-fi is a setting. Sci-fi is a setting, mm-hmm. right?
0: And I love sci-fi, and I feel like there needs to be more sci-fi. And I feel like we've gotten into superheroes as a default for sci-fi, but it's <laughs> not really... Yeah, I'm not sure if I. (sighs) Do we
1: call Pacific Rim
0: sci-fi?
1: I would say that's sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But I would uh, say speculative fiction. Fiction.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 There's speculation
1: there. There's a. Is Thor sci-fi? Ooh, that may be more fantasy. Okay, but when Thor is in the Avengers, that's different.
0: Iron Man was a bit of a revelation but a not one. too huge but Iron Man came on so strong and he looked so much like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and he
1: was That's got to be hot.
0: And it was so hot. <laughs> it truly was. When I dressed my husband up like Iron Man, like Robert Downey Jr. and all my friends were like, "Who is that amazingly hot person?" "Oh
1: my god, I know him." You, you know it's extra weird for me, right because all of her podcast listeners I will say I knew Wendy's husband back in high school. I was in Greece with him <laughs> he was- not not the substance grease but the musical grease he was the he he was teen angel mm-hmm. and he was a freshman when I was a tss- senior or junior or something like that so he's a few years behind me so he was this adorable little tiny young man in a giant white suit a la talking heads (laughs) (laughs) with a lovely voice with a
0: lovely tenor voice and then many people have remarked on how he resembles robert downey jr and so i dressed him up like robert downey jr one year But it was very satisfying that I made this suit for him and dressed him up like (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. And people were like, oh, my God, it's Robert Downey. No, wait. (gasps) That's Monty. And then the number of female friends I have who turned to me and went, your husband is hot. And I went. I'm I'm
1: kind of shocked that that was a revelation. Honestly. It was a revelation because it, let's face it my husband is also a dork. He's a dork but he's adorable. He's, he's adorable. He is adorable. Ad- <laughs> so, I started going to Numathon. I feel like we're in like a confessional here. I started going to Numathon because of a guy.
0: A guy, yeah, a it, guy. We, this does not pass friend. the Bechdel
1: test. I know. Shit. <laughs> Fucking men. Fuck that. Anyway, so I got <laughs> I started going to but number 1 2002 2002
0: which would have been 99214. Number one, four. 4.
1: Number 4 20 But Amazon 4 4 4. We're holding four. up film fingers at each other. Uh, we're uh, the wrong number of fingers in my case. Uh four, four. like four four.
0: <laughs> I number... love four
1: so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I started going to but number 4 4. Uh, 2002. hmm And because I was kind of this adjunct to this crowd that had started... Wait, was that the Two Towers year? That was Two Towers year. I we missed already, Fellowship of the Ring.
0: We had already gotten Fellowship of the Ring in secret. Goddamn. Before me, anybody else. And that was also 2001. That was the year because, oddly enough, thank you, 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> My airfare was... Under $100 to wow. Austin and back. So I not only got God. to fly for fucking cheap, I also got to see the Fellowship of the Ring a week before anybody else did.
1: It <laughs> <That> was amazing. <laughs> My mind was blown. Yeah. Uh, so it, I got, I got taken down to fun mm-hmm. in 2002. Yeah. Because okay. of mutual
0: friends. Mutual friends who happen to be male, but we're not going to hold that up against yeah. him. Yeah.
1: And, um, so the night before but no I don't quite know what I'm getting into at this point. I I love movies, I'm I'm on board for whatever. It's gonna happen. I was never a really big reader of any cool news. I didn't really know Harry Knowles or anything like that. So yes. I'm I'm plopped into this restaurant in Austin, Texas named Threadgills. Oh yeah. Threadgills, good hamburger American joint. And at this big table full of people and I'm sitting across from Harry Knowles and this mutual friend of ours. Uh, introduces me to Harry Knowles and he goes this woman was excited to hear about the Lord of the Rings project not because she knew Lord of the Rings but because she loved Dead Alive Mm -hmm. and suddenly Harry Knowles just hugged me in this Chewbacca (laughs) hug (laughs) and I went oh I'm in
0: (laughs) what I remember about that particular year is going to talk to Harry Knowles' father Jay Oh, yeah. we're chatting in an antechamber. And he's like, you know what I'm enjoying right now? That all of your friends out there are having a, a chat around a drink and some appetizers with Tom fucking DeSanto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the producer
1: of the, the X-Men. X-Men. Yes.
0: <laughs> and, I, I, oh, go my ahead. God. And Tom DeSanto came to Butnamathon that year. Yeah. And let me... Honest to God, I'm not lying. I'm not lying, but it does allow me to brag. Tom DeSanto brought Wolverine's dog tags and jacket to But Numathon and I got to wear them and I do have a picture of them. I have a picture of me wearing them. I will put it on the website. Yeah, yes. I know. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. I was also completely voiceless that But Numathon, so I was reduced to communicating through interpretive dance. <laughs> Somehow
1: that feels completely natural.
0: I worked it really well. well yeah. As you do. As one does. Movie plug. Um, movie 23. What was that movie we just watched? It was... Movie
1: 43. I don't,
0: I don't know. Anyway, we would just watch this sort of spoof movie that had the hugest cast in it. Mm-hmm. It had like... It Hugh Jackman. Had, and... It had Hugh Jackman and... A bunch of people a bunch of people. fuck i'm
1: drunk lots of people
0: it had hugh jackman and seth mcfarland and so many huge names all in bit parts but it was a farrelly
1: brothers movie yeah
0: and so the farrelly brothers parts made me going mm, not so much but my husband was giggling throughout anyway
1: yes i'm i'm kind of the same on farrelly brothers movie i feel i feel like i'm not a fan
0: I'm, and i say I'm, that meaning specifically i am not a fan i have yeah. no problem with it but it doesn't hit me where i live
1: yeah my my issue with forelli brothers is i feel like they're making fun of people that i don't quite know how to put it like me myself and irene was what really turned me off at the forelli brothers Is well, well something about mary really turned me off of Frelly brothers too because i felt like it was kind of making light of people who are clearly being stalkers of this woman and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. but you know me myself and irene was making fun of people who clearly had you know mental disorders mostly and... it's
0: that i'm not a lowest common denominator humor person that
1: that's and probably so it
0: come jokes and shit jokes and fart jokes You know, I can do one or two, but when you get up to ten, I'm like, I'm done now. You need to find some other way to entertain me. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the But audience just was in love with the... secret. Oh, yeah. We need to edit that out. Okay, we'll edit that out. Anyway, But Numathon audience fell in love with a movie by a specific director that was not good. But the... But the Amazon audience was a lot more forgiving than I was. I get impatient. I'm not a real fan of
1: awkward humor. Well, the, the thing about is that's kind of a different class in itself because it's... Okay, I'll come out and say this part because I it it's Neil Breen. The director is Neil Breen. Yes. And I've seen other movies by Neil Breen. You have... Yes, I have. I Neil have Breen, so
0: much love for you. Right Neil now.
1: Breen is a real estate salesman in Las Vegas. Oh, that explains who so Who decided to make movies every once in a while.
0: And I don't have enough alcohol. For there this. is a
1: certain amount of joy to be found in Neil Breen movies. If you're a B movie or terrible movie fan like I am. And the but it just goes well, on the, too long. Oh but the but the thing is with Neil Breen is that there it's the art of anti-timing. It's the exact <laughs> wrong time to make an edit. It's the exact wrong time to have a line. It's the exact wrong line to have. It it it's it's there there is kind of this perfection in the ways it is wrong.
0: Like if given a choice between A and B. B, where B is right and A is wrong, you will always choose A. Yeah, and not just a little, like way to A.
1: Yeah. The 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 thing that makes Neil Green movies entertaining is the fact that they are exactly the wrong thing.
0: But I have very little patience for that. I have like, and, and that that is absolutely fine. I have forty five minutes worth of patience yeah. for that, not ninety minutes of
1: patience. I I. Com- completely understand that. And that's
0: true of Farrelly Brothers. So to tie it back into Pharrell Brothers, I have 45 minutes of patience for that shit. And then I'm like, we've done this before and it's not actually that clever.
1: Mm -hmm. I I will say that the thing about watching a Neil Breen movie with an audience is that I think that was one of my favorite experiences with the Buttonumathon audience. There was this shared... My God, we went to Vietnam together sort of bonding experience in watching that movie with that crowd.
0: You were around for Tiptoes, right?
1: I was. And I have that same experience yeah. with Tiptoes. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I really kind of love that. So for the for the podcasting audience, we will explain. Tiptoes is this terrible goddamn movie oh my God. that we saw at... It may have been the first, but nemathon I was at maybe it was, the second one. It, it was, was very early.
0: It was. It had to be. It had to be two two towers or Return of the
1: King. Yeah, it was. It was this movie that it, I was, think the, it, was, the, it was. It was at the Ritz. No, 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 no. It was at okay. the original Alamo. It was at the original Alamo, and it it's this movie that stars Matthew McConaughey and Gary Oldman. Oh Gary Oldman! What the I fuck? Know. It's this movie about this guy who is a normal-sized guy in a family of dwarves, and there's this drama about. And I looked it up on Wikipedia, and, and there, no there's no way, way science that science is wrong. Yeah. And the the it's a terrible movie all around, and the, the, the and the, it the had prim- like just like just
0: like the Return of the King, it had like five different movie movie endings. Oh right. Oh god. And the first ending the crowd was like, Yeah, bravo, at least it's done. So the second ending, we're like, um Yay, I guess. The third movie ending, we're like, Oh my
1: god, thank God it's you're fucking And the groan that came from the audience, the and, cry of anguish was And you have to understand that. But
0: number thought audiences do not complain no. about what they're watching. We do not go boo. We do not go ah. But fucking
1: tiptoes, the fourth oh. ending. We're like,
0: Ugh! oh my god, Harry, why and, are we still watching this? And I will
1: say, this is not the final cut of tiptoes that wound up on uh, on video release later. This is oh, a rough cut of tiptoes that did not have the. Special effects laid in, and it was oh, at least a good half hour longer than what got released eventually. It, we, it was,
0: it was oh, inter- interminable. It was look it up on your dictionary.com Interminable equals tiptoes, rough cuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And that was the year yeah, of like I that. was in Nam, man. It was called Tiptoes. <laughs> man. Uh, seriously, but Budnumathon attendees who were there that year, we have a certain sort of pride because it was that plus the double feature of that plus House of a Thousand Corpses. That was the
1: first year I was at because it came after uh-huh. House of a Thousand Corpses.
0: House of a Thousand Corpses, then Tiptoes, and we're all like, why did you just... Why do you hate me? Why do
1: you why do you shit
0: on me? See Harry? the sad thing
1: is the the really sad thing about that is House of a Thousand Corpses should have been fucking awesome. It should have been. The first and, 20 minutes were well, great. Yeah. Well, yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses, Rob Zombie, this was a movie that was being talked about for like three years. Being made by Rob Zombie. He when loves. it popped up on the screen and he, when it was clear, He loves seeing. this sort of material. I was sitting next to Jay Knowles for that movie. And, and we're and like, I, yes. and, and it comes up and Sid Haig is in this clown makeup and this crazy stuff is going on and I, I lean over to Jay and I go, is this what I think it is? And Jay, Jay goes, maybe, maybe. And I go, is this the House of a Thousand Corpses? Because I'm a Rob Zombie fan at this point in my life. And he goes, maybe. Mm, you should watch. And he went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and crazy clown makeup, and there's this gas station and this crazy stuff. And wow, the first twenty minutes are amazing. And then an hour goes by. And, oh, God. It was terrible.
0: And there came a point at about the hour marker where I'm like, it, it dawned on me like a flash of blinding light. <laughs> I could have been sleeping. <laughs> Why aren't I sleeping? And then I tried to sleep and the film was so bad, I couldn't sleep through it. I fucking
1: hate that film so much. And and there's this moment about halfway through the film where they have this impossibly long shot where there's this crane shot and it goes up and the guy is aiming gun at another guy, and it's clearly a reference to Sanjiro or something like that, where is this impossibly long hold off shot where you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, Let let's be done with this. In, in, in it, it's one of those things where you could tell if you're on board, it would be the most brilliant thing ever. If you're not on board, this is the most pretentious fucking thing.
0: And the thing is, by the board nobody was fucking on board with that film. If you can't get a button-a-thon audience on board with your film, you are fucking screwed. <laughs> we are the most forgiving shit ever we want to love your film and if you can't make us love your film then fuck you anyway but the point what was the point
1: thank you for joining us in the xanadu cinema pleasure dome our theme song was written by tim wick and jeffrey brown and recorded and mastered by chad dutton new episodes are up every thursday you can find us at xanaducinema.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at xanaducinema, and on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.
0: If you haven't been to our website yet, we have some questions we would love for you to answer: xanaducinema.com. I'm gonna go change my pants.